Welcome to another episode of Bevo's, Bo- Bevo's Balls, a podcast where two avid Longhorn fans talk about everything from football to baseball and, and everything in between. I'm your host, Thomas, and as always, joining me is James. How are you doing today, man? Hey, what's up, Tommy? It's a Monday, man. I'm doing good. We're here. You know, we got a lot of sports going on. We got some football news, which is always great. A weekend full of baseball, a couple weeks full of baseball, and then some basketball. So I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about Longhorn sports, man. How about you? I'm doing good. And um, like you said, it's Monday, starting the week off with some uh, good news and some news that we, didn't, we haven't heard or that we didn't know about. So, you know, we're going to try and jump into basketball. You know, uh, the women, the women's team won the Big 12 title or shared the Big 12 title with OU. And that's, not, that's not always cool, but we did beat them both times. And technically, we are the number one seed in the tournament. So I consider that three-fourths of the title instead of uh, half a split title with them. But, yeah, it's, it's great to see the women. You know, they started off slow. They had a bunch of injuries, but they came back, and, you know, they're ready to make another run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Vic Schaefer has completely changed, like, the the trajectory of this team coming in here, you know, coming off that Elite Eight run last year. It, just women's sports in general, man, are just tearing it. You know, College World Series – uh, appearance for the softball team last year. Women are just coming off a national championship. So hopefully the guys in sports can kind of, you know, turn it around and, you know, take after them. But, yeah, man, it's huge. Anytime you win a conference, it's big. And it's cool that, you know, obviously you don't want to, you know, you want to beat Oklahoma and everything and not share shit with them. But the two teams that will be leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC will, um, um, you know, will be a uh, – Shit, I'm sorry, I had a break. The two teams leaving the SC, the Big Twelve for the SEC are sharing the uh, you know, share the title. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But you know, the men's team did do their job. You know, they defeated Kansas 70, 75 to fifty nine. Huge win. They the Moody Center. I I think the Moody Center has kind of changed a lot. Like I think we what, we only lost one game in the Moody Center. Um, it's just crazy. Um, it's a huge win for us. Like I said, and then, you know, Jabari Rice, he's been huge all year. He gets the recognition he deserves, um, as the sixth man of the year. Uh, it's great. You know, he gets the recognition, you know, card and a couple other guys have been playing really well. Uh, and, you know, hopefully you know, we start the big 12 tournament on the ninth. We do, or Texas does, versus either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, whoever wins out of that game. But in the past years, like we've kind of needed a good tournament run to make a good seeding. I, I don't think we need a good tournament run to make a good seeding. I think we're kind of locked into the number two already in a certain east, west, south, whatever it is. Um, how do you feel like, like, what do you think of this tournament? You think like this tournament is just like a. Oops. Stepping stone, or like, do we need to do really good in this tournament to get a higher seed? Man, I I kind of take the augurito approach to it. There are certain you know outlier or exceptions where you kind of need to play well to get in or win it to get in completely. Like a couple years ago, we won went in there, won the Big Twelve. But you know, this year, like you said, we locked up a national you know top two seed for sure. I don't think we're gonna get to the one seed unless maybe we go win the whole thing. 
But, you know, I think for sure we'll be a national two seed. So I'd like to see us kind of go in there, maybe win a game. But just, you know, I don't want to say mail it in, but I wouldn't put all the emphasis on going in there and making a deep run in this. I think, you know, in the past, Shaka has done that. And look, it hasn't fared very well for us. You know, we've barely – we haven't got out of the first round in the last couple years. No. So, you know, I'm a big guy, and I'd rather, you know, get healthy, get some rest – you know, work on some of the things you need to work on in these tournament games. But, you know, almost kind of look at them as scrimmages and maybe win a game and then, uh, you know, get some rest. But, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan on, you know, winning these tournaments unless you absolutely need, you know, to make a push to get some higher seeding. But I think I'm pretty happy where we're at right now. How about you? Yeah, I, I do think, like, the tournament, you know, it, it'd be fun to win it. It's for, like, you know, one of the last years we'll be in it in the tournament again, but you know, it doesn't need to be at an expense of anybody. If anybody's like has some nagging injuries, okay, let them play a little bit. Let's not like get rusty, but you know, we don't we don't necessarily need the tournament to get to stay where we're at. So I, I kind of agree with that. I, I'm kind of glad we didn't back back into the Big Twelve tournament. Like you know, we had a couple, we had a loss to Baylor, a loss to TCU. Uh, both, you know, both of those were on the road, but I feel like if we would have maybe lost to Kansas, it would have been different, you know, then, yeah. yeah, we need to go to this tournament, win some games, get some confidence, but, you know, we smacked them at home, it's, you know, top five win for us, I think, you know, they're pretty good, maybe get a couple guys going, uh, use these tournaments to get, you know, some of the, maybe the, like Hunter and Mitchell back going, for sure, there. yeah, get them going, get them high, get them a lot of shots, but, I mean, I I wouldn't lose my sleep. I wouldn't lose any sleep if we go in there and just you know got bounced early. Yeah, well, if we're since we're going to be playing an OU team or an Oklahoma team first round, I rather won the first one because I, I couldn't stand for that. sure. Yeah, definitely. But, like, I wouldn't mind making it to the semis. And, you know, if we lost a Baylor or a Kansas game, be you know whatever, be all right. Um, so we did have some other stuff that happened over the weekend. Um, the combine started. You know, um, we really don't talk a lot about pro sports, but when it falls our guys, we like to touch on it. You know, we had Coburn, Overshone, and uh, Emojo kind of did work on the uh, Coburn and Emojo for sure did really well on the um, this testing. Um, I really like what you know, Overshone. I think he just ran this forty because we got pro days and in, in is in a week i think for the guys so that's why i think overshine's gonna do more of his on-field stuff and then Bijan and roshan and they both got a lot of praise like you know everybody was talking about Bijan when he's coming into the thing like he's gonna be he's a top five talent in this draft he might not go top five because of the position he plays it's a run you know running backs but you know he ended up running a four 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 six proof okay that's all you need to know from him he he just destroyed the the, the on-field drills, and he looks really like he got a lot of, a lot of praise from that. Catching every ball, uh, one of the guys like you don't even hear the ball hit his hands when he catches it. He's just so soft. And then Roshan went out there. He he ran a I think a four five four five nine four five eight yeah four five eight official. Um, but he still like he like him again on on the field. Like he a lot of praise for him. Like he. You know, a lot of people say, like, um, if Bijan wasn't at Texas, Roshan would probably gain, be getting a lot of more hype. Oh, for sure. For B- Roshan would be a starter at 99.9% of 
of any other college program in the country. If you, probably every program outside of Alabama, Michigan, you know, the dude's yeah, he's a stud and he he did okay. He had some solid numbers. He ran a four five eight forty. Uh, he was a one five two in a ten yard split, a thirty one and a half inch vertical, and a ten two broad jump. And that's coming off surgery not so long ago too. So. Yeah, and so, you know, and then, you know, he looked great catching the ball, making his runs. You know, there's a couple NFL guys out there saying that this kid, that he could easily be a starter in the NFL as well, not just like a third down back or a specialty guy. So, you know, Texas easily could put out two starting running backs in one year, which, you know, we haven't done that. We haven't done to put out a starting running back in forever, let alone just put two. Um, so, yeah, like. It's great to see those guys get the recognition they deserve, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see. Like, where where would your ideal landing spot be for Bijan? Like, where would you want? To Ooh, that's tough. Um, I've seen the mock drafts, and I think he kind of falls to 20 just because it's. I, I feel like running back. This is not my opinion. This is just you know what I've seen. Isn't that premier position? You know, you don't see a lot of these guys get that second contract with the teams who draft them. Uh, they kind of look at him as more a dime a dozen guy. But, you know, Bijan's the best NFL running back prospect since probably Saquon. Um, of the drafts I've seen, obviously I'd like to see him go, you know, as high as possible. But I kind of, as uh, winning, excelling on the field, getting that high second contract, I've seen him, you know, follow the Eagles. You know, Miles Sanders probably isn't going to get that second contract with them. I think he'd fit in perfect there. They're a contender. And then on the other end, too, if he can fall, you know, even later, I've seen some boards where the Chiefs go pick him up, too. So I've seen some. Huh? That would just be nasty. Oh, yeah. Even the the Eagles, man. Like, I think he'd be great there. And I have, you know, he's been to Dallas. He's talked to Jerry Jones and hung out with some of the guys there. I've seen him tweet back and forth with each other, staying in Texas. I think that would be a huge, like, PR move two for the Cowboys. So, I mean, I think that's another great fit for him. Um, you know, I just, yeah, I, I did have to obviously, you know, make some moves and I don't know what they're going to do with that running back room there. As long if Zeke and Pollard are both there, I don't see that happening, but um, I, yeah, I, th- I think the Eagles for me makes the most sense. Yeah. I, I think I just saw Tony Pollard got tagged. So Pollard would at least be there for the Cowboys, but I you know the Eagles run that kind of offense where Bichon, he would he would thrive in he would thrive in pretty much any any offense really. Um, I do like him with the Eagles. Um, you know I I think man he would re- I think he would really be, he'd be really good with um, and I just. The Chiefs would be scary. It'd just be really scary because, like, Pacheco, he's claimed on, he came on the Super Bowl, but Dijon is the guy. Um, the theme that probably would use him the probably use him the most would be like, I know they're about to tag somebody, or, or they just got Javante Williams, but like Denver would be okay. And then my favorite would probably be the Chargers because Eckler, but Eckler's there. I think he would easily curve replace Eckler with the Chargers. But I don't know. That's not not my uh, forte, really. Like, I'll I'll pick him in fantasy 
wherever he goes. For sure. For sure. Oh yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm dreading these cards coming out soon. Like once Bijan rookie cards start getting into the you know in circulation, I'm like gonna go broke. Like I already spent a lot trying to chase all these Ivan Melendezes and you know the Hodos and all these baseball guys. So you know chasing Roshan Bijan, depending on which ones they print, I'm definitely you know Bijan will be one of the premier guys that I'll be dropping a lot of money on, but um. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. So I know a lot of, I mean, not to get off topic, but, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, don't, some of them don't throw, some guys don't run. We've seen a ton of people, you know, kind of getting bashed for their slow 40 times at, at receivers. What, which players from Texas do you think have the most to gain or had the most to gain from a solid combine outing? Well, I think the person that has the most of the game that he can get invited to the combine is uh, Jameson. Mm-hmm. Like Jameson need, I, I don't think he needed the combine, but he does. I think he's very much deserving, and I don't think it's. I think it's based on like how many DBs they have, how many linemen, and all that, and seeing the numbers. But Jameson, I think, is going to shock a lot of people at his at the pro day. Um, he's not, he's not just, a, he's going to be, a, he'll be a returner. Like he could be an all pro returner easily. And, but I think he's a very good, he'll be, I think he's be a very good slot defender in the NFL. He doesn't have necessarily the size to be an outside guy, but I, I can see him be put in the slot. So I think Roshan, he deserves that. He's deserved to be, go, go to the combine, but he definitely, his pro day will shock a lot of people. So I think his pro day Kind of answer your question, like his pro, like Jameson's pro day. I think Coburn was getting a lot of praise early in the year. Morjan kind of did what I think he did a lot. I think he did really well at the combine. And then I, I think the running backs were just easily everybody knew who they were. Mm-hmm. I think Roshan got a little bit more national attention. So, yeah, I don't think Bijan was going to surprise anybody. Everybody knew what he was about, what he was going to do. Maybe, you know, he would excel a little more when it came to the agility and the catching and things like that to kind of – because we – you know, he only had like 19 receptions all year long. So we didn't really utilize him there where – the way he possibly could have. Um, easily, you know, the best pass catching back we've had in the history of our program. But I think the guy who it was going to make the most money on this is Overshum just because he's a freak athlete. He's always around the ball. He's fast. You know, probably a tad bit undersized to play like, you know, a traditional linebacker in the NFL. But, I, yeah, I think he was probably going to make the most money showing off his, you know, skill set uh, in the in the combine. But like I said, pro days are coming up. I'm excited to see some of these other guys who weren't there kind of get their, you know, get their shot at, uh, you know, showing their skill set to the world. So we also had spring practice start today. We are recording a little bit after that. I saw some uh, saw some videos of you know yours and together, and that's we're gonna hear this all week is or all spring ball like ooh look man looked better on this throw than yours did and yours threw this ball better than it's just gonna be wild for like for the month. Yeah, I think. That was the biggest thing with spring ball was to see, you know, Arch Manning out there in the 16 jersey. Uh, you know, national media was going to eat that up. But like you said, this is going to be probably one of the biggest 
off seasons we've ever had in college football, just because, you know, they're going to overanalyze, scrutinize, you know, break down every single thing, probably from, you know, from body language to throws to drops yeah. to everything. It's going to be eaten up. And, you know, I think as, at Texas, as fans, we've always, the guy next in line has always been favorite. the best, yeah, the favorite, the best player. But, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm happy with our offense and the way it's going. I, that's like the first time I can say that in a long time. I'm not happy with all the production and, you know, some of the guys, you know, making, mis, you know, drops and things like that. Or maybe we don't utilize this guy the way we need to. But I'm overall happy with our offense, and I feel like it's just going to get better. And I, I'm going to say right now, I hope we don't see Arch Manning all year long. To me, he's yeah. not even a question unless some freak accident happened and Quinn goes down and Malik goes down and – you know, all that. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm not even going to take a sip of that Kool-Aid, but it's just cool to see him, you know, on the 40 in a Jersey. Um, I'm going to, as soon as I, I'd probably pull the trigger on getting a custom arch Jersey made right now, but I just want to make sure he's going to hold on to that 16 and yeah. not make a Jersey uh, number switch before I pay that kind of money. But, you know, not to switch a topic or anything, but we did have some Jersey number switches. Did you, did you get to see that? Yeah, I saw some of those. Uh, Xavier Worthy is number one. Nayor's eight. Jordan Whittington's 13. Jane Lex is number 80. I'm trying to look at some of these other ones. Um, Anthony Hill will be number zero. Jonte Cook, number two. CJ Baxter's number four. Uh, Malik Muhammad's number five. Arch Manning, 16. Uh, yeah, and everything else is kind of, you know, those are the, the big, big names. I like Hill. I like Hill wearing that zero. Yeah. At all. Yeah, we, um, we've been a big fan of number zeros uh, yeah, on this podcast, true. so it hopefully carries over. Yeah. So, so news that we didn't know about that was kind of broken today was that Xavier had a broken hand the second half of the season, which, when you kind of look at it, kind of, you kind of, you kind of, it makes sense a little bit. Like there was a couple of bit more drops in the second half of the season. You know, playing with a broken hand isn't like the easiest thing to do. So, you know, you know, and then Shakizian followed up saying that you'll see a totally different Xavier out there with when he's fully, being fully healthy. So, you know, with no air coming back, uh, Whittington and Xavier out there, you know, kind of being um, the three main guys. And then Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, and then, so you have those four guys who start, like, you kind of pencil in starting. Then you have Cook, you have some other guys, you have Thompson, um, you have Casey Kane, you have Red. Like, we have a serious amount of talent at wide receiver right now. And if one of those guys can't pull their weight, you know, there's somebody behind that will. For sure. I'm, I'm going to say this day one. I think Dante Cook is a dog. I think he's going to go, and I, I don't want to go out and say take someone's spot because I can't really see where he would you know do that from, but I think he'll get a lot of playing time. Um, I think he'll be the easily that you know fourth guy in the rotation that we struggled to find this year. Uh, you know, we had Casey Kane at times, and you heard a lot about Savion Red. Um, who else? Anders is a tight end, too. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I – I'm a big on the Jonte Cook bandwagon, but 
yeah, back to uh, what you said about Xavier Worthy. Yeah, I think you know we talked about self air, but it explains a lot of the drops. You know, it doesn't explain to me the terrible tracking of the ball, giving up on routes, things like that. Maybe it's just frustration. You know, but I'm hoping he definitely needs. This is his NFL year. This is his money year. He needs to go out and have a, a huge, huge, huge year. So. Yeah. Well, I think maybe with the broken hands, it's not all just about catching the ball. It could be not be able Great to get separation. Like, and, like if you, like I know you're not like you know you keep your hand back and you're pushing off. Like you can't play your hands broken. You can't like you're hurting yourself more than you are you are getting separation. So there's a little bit there. You know, I'll give I'll give him a pass. Like this, like last year. Last year's over. So he, that's, all right, whatever. Last year's over. Let's let's not compete. Let's not do the same stuff that we did last year. This year, let's go out. Let's you know get those big big uh, yard plays. Let's just you know keep you know continuing to grow and become better. That's all you know. That's what you gotta do year in year out. And I expect big things from him. I expect big things from the passing offense because I think we're gonna rely on the passing offense a little bit more than we normally will. Because we do have a young running back in Jonathan Brooks, Blue, and Baxter, and uh, obviously, you know, they're Keelan's the oldest, but you know, playing time he doesn't have that much starting playing time, so yeah. pass, we'll, we'll definitely pass to open up the run more games than that, I believe. But we'll see. You know, the line could easily just be get. 10 times better and then they're just pushing people off the ball five yards down the field and you just have to all we gotta do is run the ball so we'll see yeah with some of the injuries too at offensive line this spring like guys are gonna have a chance to get reps that normally wouldn't get reps yeah dj campbell some of those guys even some of the younger guys so i i you know it's almost like addition of by subtraction a lot of those guys played a lot of football a lot of reps there wasn't a lot of uh rep time for dj campbell to come up so I mean, we're only going to get better having some of these guys sit out and giving these other guys chances to step up. Last year, we were able to go wire to wire with, you know, relatively no injuries on the offensive line, and that's super rare. Like, I would not bet my money on that happening two seasons in a row. Uh, I hope it does, but, I mean, it just doesn't happen. So you're definitely going to need those guys to step up and uh, uh, step up and, you know, be able to play and get those reps and get better. Yeah, so you know we talked, we mentioned last week. You know we have a new sponsor in Elite Sports Memorabilia. This place is this place is awesome. You can find them on Facebook at Elite Sports Memorabilia. Their page, they have auctions. They have um, buy it now. You can buy stuff now. They have elite signings. They just got done signing with a uh, Derek Johnson, Jamal Charles. They have um, no alternate looking helmets, black helmets with orange uh, horn. Uh, Longhorn logo on it with their signatures look great. You know, you like for any for all Longhorn fans, that's the place there to go to get your get signed helmets, jerseys, and much more. There's Funko Pops, there's game worn or there's game team issue gloves, there's um, cleats, there's stuff everywhere, and just they have a wide variety of players um, from offense to defense. You know, you can go and get to a gift for someone or just add to your own collection like what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, the Elite Sports uh, memorabilia at Facebook is the place to find everything you want as a Longhorn fan. 
Yeah, whether you're a fanatic or looking to buy a gift for the fanatic in your life, like Tommy said, from football to baseball to everything, you know, definitely check them out and, you know, add to your collection or give the gift that any Longhorn fans are going to love. Yeah, so kind of so going into baseball, you know, we we dropped late late loss to LSU. Um, you know, LeBaron Johnson, he's going to be a Sunday pitcher. For sure. He'll, he'll move into that Sunday spot sooner than later. I think a lot sooner after what we saw this weekend from Travis. Um, so, but yeah, so, you know, LeBaron, LeBaron goes like, he gets like 9Ks versus LSU. Mm-hmm. Of six innings, just dude shoves. Uh, yeah. Best outing of his life. Most pitches, you know, pitches he's gone. And I think that was literally the only question on the Baron Johnson as a starter is how how long could he stretch it out? And, you know, like our friend Zach Zim has talked about, how he's a big dude throwing downhill, throwing hard. Some of that shit's unhittable, man. Like, you just can't touch it. And then he throws that splitter in there. It's like a ball dropping off a table, man. It's just, you're not going to touch it. But yeah. is how could he do it? You know, the re- repetitiveness of it when he gets tired, how is he going to do? Uh, we all think he's going to be a stud. And I think he kind of showed that against an LSU team. And you know, he gave up, well, I think like two hits, three hits. Uh, yeah, it's Not very much. It, it was uh, it, it the outing of his life. And it just kind of sucks that we couldn't really get anything going. There was moments where we had some, you know, like Kennedy – Bunted down a double, you know, we just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get anything going. And then, uh, yeah. Kind of carried over to the weekend. Like, granted, you know, we, okay, so we lost the first, we lost the first game. Lucas has pitched really, three really good games and doesn't even have a record yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so that's, that's just, that's kind of disheartening because, like, we just, this year it seemed like timely hitting is not our thing. Like we like we cannot hit we cannot get hits when we like consecutive hits back to back. I know last year we like our consecutive hits back to back were home runs. Yeah. But we're not doing it this year, you know. And then like so like what we dropped game one and uh, another late game situation. You know we fight back to win game two. Okay, like, all right, cool. We got game two and then game three. You know it's. You go down three three zero early, and then like we had we we doubled their hits. So in the ninth inning, we had we had double their hits, and then you know we tied it up with the Jack O'Dell home run in the ninth, take the lead in the tenth, and just the bullpen couldn't get it done. Like Cal State Fuller's in, I'll give them a little bit. Like they hit the ball where some players weren't. Um, the one that was down the first baseline that should have been caught that that needed to be caught that for, I don't I don't know if the first baseman because like you know it's down right he's down the first baseline the first baseman's going he's looking over his head and it looked like he got called off but the person that called him off wasn't there to make the play either so I don't know, I'm not really sure what happened there and then you know game. Uh, then later on uh, in the eleventh inning, um, just to went to tie the game up. They just hit a little blooper right over Daly and right in front of EK. That was just, that's baseball. 
you know, the inning before in the bottom of the ninth, the, the dude hit a rocket right at Daly and got the double up. But the guy hit the ball probably like 20 times lighter, or he's getting the ball finds a way to go get somewhere. That's just how baseball is. But you know, it's it was a very disappointing weekend. Definitely, like we, needed, we needed at least to take the series two out of three. Like we lost two out of three, we should have won two out of three for sure. Yeah. Um. You know, I thought Dylan Campbell was going to kind of get going a little bit on the, with the stick hitting that home run on Saturday, right? Uh, and, it, you know, Eric Kennedy, he's, he's been on fire. He's staying on fire. Uh, Porter Brown's done, you know, really well. But, I mean, we need the rest of this offense to get going. I think with reps, you know, we'll get there. This team is super young. A lot of these, you know, true freshmen are going to uh, – a lot of these true freshmen, you know, they're, they're going to get better. But the thing that scares me the most is that back end of the bullpen, man. You know, I hate to throw names out there. Chris Stewart, you know, has a a bad outing against um, uh, was Indiana last week. You know, had a a blown, you know, blown, uh, blew a game. Uh, Then you know, LSU kind of came in, walked two guys in a row. Deplanier came in, gave up that home run, Uh, and then this weekend, you know, he the same thing. He just, we just struggled throwing strikes, and it looks like it's carried over from last year. Hopefully, it's you know still early. We'll get it fixed. Uh, luckily, you know the Big 12 is kind of looking a little more shaky than I thought. You know TCU lost a couple games this weekend to uh, in that Shriners tournament. Kansas State lost some games there too. Uh, so you know it's still wide open. Anything can happen. Hopefully, we get some of this stuff corrected. You know, figure out the identity of our baseball team. I'm, I don't think anyone knew what that was going to be. You know, last year was just slug it out, hit the home runs. This year is, you know, is it small ball? Is it, what is it? So hopefully we can get go. At least we're not AM, you know, who's been a complete dumpster fire when they were supposed to be a top five team. I saw other football team. Yeah, same. Did you, see their, did you see their coach call out their fans? Yeah, I did see that. That I was, know, uh, like, I get on Twitter. We have fans on Twitter that are like, just, you know, whatever. But the end stadium fans that know baseball actually know what's going on, understand what's going on with this team. Like this team is young, it's gonna take a time, you know. Let's, you know, let's give them a break. Like, you know, we're gonna get, you know, David Pierce if he's if he's not the guy, he's not the guy. You know, he's I think he has a, a free year this year with a young team, but he needs to show. Improvement from year from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, you know, like this weekend. So what? This week we have Tuesday. Tomorrow we have a Sam. We have a game against Sam Houston. Then Wednesday we have a game against Mercer, all here and at the Dish. Um, and then a weekend series versus Mahan. I need to see either four four and one or five and one this week. Oof. Let me look at the schedule real quick. Um, yeah, I think definitely. Definitely four and one. This uh, Sam Houston team. Sam Houston team. I'm looking at their schedule. They're not a great team. They're what's I think they're six and seven. But it's Sam Houston. Like I don't give a shit if they're you know fourteen and zero. We should always beat Sam Houston. Uh, and then get the Manhattan series, correct? Yeah. yeah, well, Man- yeah. Mer- Mercer. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So okay, this is gonna be tricky for me. I would definitely be happy with. I'll be over the moon with four and one. Like we were talking about, the struggle of this team is the back end of the bullpen. Uh, man, we're gonna 
with the anytime you have five games in a week, you're definitely gonna rely on that bullpen. And you know that's where we kind of saw the downfall of some of our you know our weekend series last week is when we had to extend get those extra innings from those arms. I don't know if it's too early to kind of have one of those like pitch by committee games where you everyone gets you have a guy you know your starter come in get three innings after that everybody gets an inning almost like a bullpen day. Yeah, I definitely like to see that, but hopefully hopefully we can see the uh, the bats come around in this series because. I think you'll have LBJ go Tuesday, maybe Duplantier on Wednesday, you know, Lucas Friday, Morehouse Saturday, and Travis Sunday. Yeah, this Manhattan team is not a good team. They're what, three and eight. They have series wins against Stetson, CSU Bakersfield, Lee. They lost to Lee, so they've only beaten Maryland Eastern Shore, CSU Bakerfield, and uh, Maryland Eastern Shore. And so, and I don't see they play Hofstra after us. They play Hofstra, Hartford, Columbia, George Washington. So yeah, I don't. Fairfield is the only team on their schedule that I've seen so far that has can sniff a regional. Um, so yeah, it's hopefully this is one of those ones where we go and completely murder these guys and. Yeah, you got okay. This is a well. The next two weeks, really, if you look at it, it's a it's a confidence booster going into Big Ten or Big Twelve play. Like that's what we got eleven days or two weeks until we get into Big Twelve play. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like you know, we these next two weeks we definitely need to win as much as we can. Um, I know this this I follow we follow a guy on Twitter that does the way too early predictions from the 64 field. And right now he has Texas out of it, which I don't agree with. I, I don't disagree with. Like they don't, yeah. the way they would play, they don't deserve to be in, in the regional. But uh, yeah. by the end of the year, that's changed. Uh, yeah. De- Texas has done nothing to me to show that they, a lot of times they do something good. Like, a- like A&M, for example. Yeah, they've lost a bunch of games they should have won, but we know they can hit the ball very well. So that's like, okay, eventually the rest of the pitching will get better, this and that. And, you know, they have something solid that they can ride out to make a tournament. Texas yeah. isn't hitting the ball well. The, outside of Lucas Gordon and Morehouse, everyone of, you know, everything else is up in the air. Um, the bullpen is in the same position. Yeah, the, the, the bullpen is in the same position it was last year. And, you know, we're still juggling around our lineups trying to figure out, you know, who the – Starting nine are going to be, which I think we have it for the most part, except Powell. Powell needs to get Powell. a couple of good. He has some good clutch hits on Sunday, mm-hmm. so I think he needs to get more at bats. Um, so yeah, I think. But you know, like we'll see. You know, see what you know Pierce decides to do with all that. Yeah, it's uh, and then we have a uh, when do we open up conference play? Uh. March 24th against Texas Tech. Yeah. So, yeah, at least it's at home. So, and then the, March 28th, we better get it figured out because we go to College Station. Um, you know, they're going to want to uh, – this is the first meeting with those guys since we've officially had the – yeah, we're making the move. We're actually leaving. We know when we're leaving. So, you know, I think next year will be – Next year's baseball season, I'm thinking, is going to be the cutoff for Big 12 play. After that, everything will switch to SEC sports. 
So yeah. this is probably the last time we're going to go to College Station. I'm sure they'll get come to Austin next year. And after that, we'll probably be, you know, weekend series against those guys. So they're definitely going to want to win this one. So, so I don't, I, so not kind of going away from UT sports for a second. I know you're a UFC guy. Did you catch the, the fights? So I was, had a long weekend in New Orleans this weekend watching NAIA baseball, but I was able to watch Shevchenko and John Jones fights. So I missed everything else. My, but I saw those two. My favorite, my favorite fighter has been John Jones since day one. He started. He looked so good at heavyweight. That fight, it was, it, it was crazy how easy he made that look. Yeah, it, yeah. It, his head movement, ducking that that punch, and then just yeah, dude. It was. I he was. Drug him down like it was just. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, and Cyril Gaon's not a small man. Like, he's a big, big boy, man. Like, and John Jones outweighed him, I think, going into the weigh-ins, which is crazy. He looked a little fluffy. Uh, I'm yeah. sure, you know, as it goes on, he'll, uh, you know, he'll kind of adjust more to that weight and kind of fill it in more. But I, I think the biggest thing that you were, that he was, Cyril Gaon was to have to do was make it a, a punching fight, like a boxing match, yeah. and try to get – John Jones to deep waters, get him to those later rounds where he gets tired and you, and he didn't do any of that, right? He got taken down immediately, choked out and he just went in, he just gave into John Jones's fight. And I was on the fence about John Jones. I'm like, I mean, I, I know he's great. He's a goat, probably the goat of goats for UFC, you know, GSP's up there. Anderson Silva's up there. I think John Jones is Mount Rushmore of UFC. Uh, yeah. But I'm like, dude, how do you take a break that long? Yeah, that's what I was trying to Yeah, just come back and just, you know, dominate. Like, it's eventually you lose a step or two. And I, I thought this was going to be a, you know, a real good test for him. It turned out to be nothing. Nothing, nothing. yeah. Yeah, he called out Stipe, so that would be, yeah. you know, that's going to be a good fight. I think Stipe, he's a little bit more, like, on his feet. Probably doesn't get taken down as easily. He's a little bit quicker. Yeah, that should be a good fight. I saw Francis Ngannou. Did you see him tweet him? He was like, congratulations from the heavyweight king. And then in the post-conference, John Jones was like, hey, did you see – or they asked him, did you see this tweet? And he was like, what do you have to say to Stipe? He was like, Stipe's a – he called him a, a pussy. So maybe there's something there. Maybe – I mean, it's not Stipe. Francis, a, a puss. So, you know, maybe there's something there and, you know, Francis will come back. And, I don't know. I don't think – Dana White's going to let him come back. He just walked out on him. So if they're going to fight, they're going to fight in something different, which I've been hearing that um, Francis is going to have a fight with Tyson Fury. And he, they're going to they're gonna, it's going to be boxing rolls with four-ounce gloves inside of Octagon. Hmm. So, yeah, I hate to see Francis, you know, leave. Uh, but he did walk away without getting that Nigerian knockout curse, man. He had... You know, Israel got knocked out. Kamaru got knocked out. So he was the the last one standing. So maybe he kind of read the tea leaves and got out before he could, you know, lose that title. But I, I I'd like to see him back in UFC. I think money talks. I think if, you know, if the if the demand's there, I, I think Dana will do it. But you know, we'll see. You see Conor McGregor in the yeah. in the crowd, man. That dude looks like weird, dude. He looks so, he looks fake now. He has the fake teeth. Jaws all huge and stuff from juicing up but he's yeah. he's coming back but he has to wait 
what, six months before he can enter the testing pool because he's trying to clear well, his system. Going, uh, he's doing the ultimate fighter with Michael Chandler. So mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be a while before they'll fight. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, yeah, hopefully, hopefully everything works out because I'd love to see Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor. I think this is going to be a swan song. I, I mean, I mean, you never know. Conor, you know, is an elite striker, is a great punch, but I don't see him beating Michael Chandler or any of these these top guys man, in that lightweight. Yeah, so, all right, let's uh, let's get back. Oh, so we'll go to we'll do our top five this week. So our top five for this week, kind of just did candies. Um, so I'll go we'll go my I'll go first. My number so I'll go in order top for five five to one. So yeah. number five is M and M's. Number four would be Hershey. With peanuts or chocolate? Just plain, plain. Just plain. Yeah. Then you got Hershey Kiss, Kisses, and then you have the Nerd Cluster Bites with the gummies in the middle. So good. Number four is the Cookie Dough um, Twix. And number one is the Peach Gummies. Peach I gum. love Oh, the Peach Gummies. Nice. Yeah. So uh, mine's is probably, I don't know. Uh, my number five is I put Almond Joy, but it has to have the nut on the top. That's... I don't know, my mom loves those things. I love them. I know a lot of people don't like them, but whatever. Four is, uh, it's a, that's I put my movie candy there, so it's a tie between Twizzlers and Sour Patch. Love going to the movies, and those are the only two candies I ever get at the movies. Uh, three is a seasonal. It's the Starburst Jelly Beans, my absolute favorite. I want, Every year I try to stock up on them, but then I end up eating like two bags up until Easter, and I'm like, yeah, I don't need any of these laying around uh, the house, or they just don't last Two are Airheads. I love Airheads, all of them. Blue and white are my favorite. And then number one is my king. I don't eat them as much anymore because I think I'm just kind of burned out on them because they do them for every holiday now, some variation, but it's Reese's. Yeah. I, just, I love Reese's, man. But there's this, the Reese's footballs, the Reese's pumpkins, the Reese's Christmas trees. Uh, you know, they're, now they have the eggs coming out. I'm like – it just I've had them too much, but I think it's still my number one. I can never replace Reese's. All right, so we'll get on like we'll, so we'll get we'll go to our light entire questions. Um, I got a couple. Um, baseball will finish with an above 500 record this year. Mm, I'm going to. I have faith in these guys still. Um, I think David Pierce is a great coach, but. Terrible years do happen. We had one in, what, 2019, uh, which was very, very, very bad. I'm going to look up that record while we're talking about this. But I would like to tower and have faith that behind Lucas Gordon and Zane Morehouse, they will uh, finish at least 500. All right. So the next one I have is basketball team will make out of the first weekend at the NCAA tournament. Ooh, you stole one of mine. Uh, oh, yes. Hands down, like the tower. I think the ceiling for this team is the, I mean, absolute ceiling for me is Sweet 16. I'm not saying they're going to get there, but I expect them to at least advance to the round of 32. Okay. And our last one is early prediction, or early, early, early. Texas will have a, a 3,000 yard passer. A 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard back next year. Say it one more time. 3,000-yard passer. 
a thousand yard receiver and a thousand yard rusher. I'm gonna like the tower, and I'm gonna say they're gonna have a fifteen hundred yard rusher. Okay. And you're gonna stay, you know, and you're gonna call. You what are you gonna say, Brooks? Yep. Okay. I I think if if anybody's gonna do it, I think it's gonna be Brooks. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a couple for you. Uh, you stole my first one. The Texas would advance to at least around 32. So I'll start with football. Uh, Roshan Johnson will be at a day two pick in the NFL draft. Oh, yeah, for sure. After the combine workout and everybody, yeah, he'll I, – I would say he'll go late second. No. Yeah, late second, early third. In okay. between picks, the 20th pick in the second round to the 15th pick in the third round. You get you know that 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 window. Okay. I think uh, be a surprise team that's going to come up. Not necessarily come up again, but there's going to be a surprise team in there that that's going to get them. Yeah. Look for Miami. Miami? Yeah. Yeah. Moser, Moser's getting older. They don't have a first rounder at all. But Miami with I know they just they traded for Jeff Wilson and they have um, the other dude from 49. Moser. Moser. I think. Roshan has a good blend of both power and a little bit of speed. I see. I can easily see Miami picking him. I'll, I'll put that. I'll, I'll put a stamp on Miami picking Roshan. Dude, that would make them deadly. I think you got you know Waddle and Hill and hopefully a healthy Tua. Like I, I'm, I'm digging that man. I like that. Um, my next one is the Texas baseball team will get it together and make the NCAA tournament. And it's, it's uh, so in 2017 or 2019, they finished 27 and 27 and did not qualify. So you, you got to pretty much get above 500 to qualify. Yep. And have some solid wins here and there, which I think if they, because remember RPI is a lot of people value the RPI. So, you know, if you could have, you know, a close game with LSU, you're playing A&M. Uh, but the schedule outside of that isn't, you know, too very tough. You got an Air Force team, a, a Paul Skeens list Air Force team, Abilene Christian, Texas Southern, uh, UC Arlington for midweeks. You know, the RPI isn't exactly going to be there. But you yeah. know, we had we had early losses to Arkansas, Missouri, Vanderbilt. Like I said, LSU. So uh, it's it's tricky. And then if if it's like a Texas a, a, a of last on the bubble versus incarnate word or a new Orleans team or something like that money talks. You're going to get a lot more money putting Texas in a regional than one of these other schools. I don't, I, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I don't think they make the tournament. I think they improve along the year. I just, right now it's so hard to see where when like if Lucas Gordon is, He's, he doesn't even have a result yet. Our best pitcher, one of the best, I think he's probably one of the be- better pitchers in the in college. The left-hander with the uh, the Oscu with that changeup, um, and he doesn't even have a win yet. It's it's difficult to say that they're gonna make the tournament. And right, and, you know, but you know, time can change. They can, the bats can come along, pitching other pitchers can come along. Tanner Whips and the. Uh... I just don't think so. Tanner Witt's about to start throwing live. Um, 
they asked him during the LSU game if he'd be ready by April, and he kind of like said, I don't know, I'm just going to kind of follow the the process, which to me, yeah. I mean, I don't expect major contributions if you're not ready by April. You know, May starts the tournament pretty much, you know. Um, so when, when is the last uh, tournament game? Yeah, May 20th is our last series against West Virginia, and you'll have the Big 12 tournament. So pretty much the beginning of June would be uh, postseason baseball. So I, I don't know how much he can contribute. And even if he does come back, let's say he comes back and he's the Tanner Witt of old, I think it's in the closing role or something like that, or, uh, you know, which well, would, that's what he was. Yeah. And yeah, kind of what Tristan Stevens the last year took himself away from the rotation to come in and close out some of these games we had problems doing, which maybe that works out in our favor. Um, so my last question, I'll keep it baseball. Is it you think Lucas Gordon and Tanner Witt will both leave for the draft or will the lack of team success cause Lucas Gordon to come back? end of the year i think tanner witt goes and i don't think he ever pitches for texas again which just sucks to say um because he like you know he was riding high off a of lot like his first his freshman year and you don't like his so you look at it this way like you were saying andre Plantier before he tours before he had the surgery he was he looked great and he's come back and he's kind of struggled. And now he probably won't get drafted anywhere near as high as he would. So if I'm with, I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, I'd rather be getting. I know, and, and I, but NIL and baseball is different. It's not like NIL and football. It's different. I'd rather be getting paid and go a little bit through little struggles in the in the minors and have a you know have a real you know real. Texas has real coaching, but I have like a chance to get to the league and have helping people have help people help me get along there. Um, I think for Gordon, it's going to be if the GMs actually just look at his game and not his numbers, because he's had he's played great, he's pitched great. It's just we haven't helped him out, and that's you know like Ty, Ty Madden had that issue a couple years ago, like. You know, he would be in so many one-run games, but it, the one-run games would be one to zero, three to two, two to three, you know, stuff like that. And we weren't just helping, we weren't helping him out really. So you got to look at his. I think you have to look at Luke Gordon, Gordon's performances, not his numbers, to really to see if he goes. But I, 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 I think they're both gone. You know, tough to say, yeah. but I don't think Tanner Witt pitches for us again. And I don't blame the kid. Right. You know, right now, without pitching or even he's won, he was a conference or preseason conference first team. But right now, he's the number 24 overall prospect according to MLB.com. Who? Uh, Tanner Witt. Exactly. 24. Like that. Yeah. And then I think in some of these mock drafts, he's going top 15. Um, yeah. So it's. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna say. And the good thing with him too is he was an all-state third baseman too in high school. I'm not saying he's gonna go and play the other side of the field, but if you remember his freshman year, did he pitch hit a lot? Like, it, like it's crazy to say a pitcher pinch hit a lot, but he pinch hit a whole lot. So um, I just think there's more. Yeah, there's upsides there, but also you have 
maybe you get something else out of him kind of thing. So, it's, you know, yeah. I don't say it's a safer, safer pick, but I'm scrolling through this uh, MLB.com um, mock draft real quick to see where they have him at. Um, yeah, I, I just think, like, you know, with them too, with, with Wit, it's going to be more of looking at his old film. Of Gordon, it's gonna be looking. Just look. You gotta look at how he pitches and not his numbers, because I don't think he's gonna a lot of help this year. Yeah, I'm just can't find this one. This is prospects live. Make it really weird. It's a paywall, so I don't see. Oh, they have him going 31 to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah, for you know, the first pick of the second round. Yeah, that's still great money. See, the MLB.com, they have him being able to throw in. They have him a projected return to throw innings in August. So, yeah. He touched 99 with the banger curveball. It's a premium body, too. The Tempe Rays will have fun with this one. And then following him is a catcher from Sitton, Blake Mitchell, going 32 to the Mets, which I've seen him go as high as 14 to the Red Sox, I think it was. Yeah, some uh, some our buddy Adrian Alniz uh, as his coach, they have him as the third pitching prospect in America behind uh, one of the I can't remember his name. One of the uh, uh, Chase Dollander from Tennessee, and then Paul Skeens, and then it's uh, Blake Mitchell, which is crazy to say. So, you know, I like to see him go to uh, go to the pros rather than see him have to face him at, at LSU. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, whatever he decides to do, we'll root for him. But yeah, I think uh, Tanner Witt's gone. I think he'll be a kind of a, an extra coach in the dugout. He's a very vocal guy, team leader. So, and then Lucas Gordon, I'm pretty sure, you know, if that kid goes top, you know, top five, six rounds, I think it's for sure. After that, depending the money and the slot value and all that, you know, who knows? With the, the advancement of NIL and um, you know, to collect the, the one fund and occupy the left field. Who knows? You know, it's always a chance. If you got to pony up some money to get one guy back, we'll see. Yeah. I, they're definitely going to have, sorry, I mean, y'all, they're definitely going to have to step it up because look at LSU going and paying Tommy Tanks and Paul Skeens, you know, to come over there. It's uh, yeah. with the second year head coach, like te- Texas should be a premier place to land transfers. It's we, Austin, Texas, Texas baseball. You're going to be playing in the SEC, you know. If there's no reason why we're gonna, we need to be lacking in the NIL transfer department. I hate building your team around those guys, but look at the last couple of years. The last year we had uh, at third base, what's his name? Uh, oh shit! <laughs> oh man, the Kansas kid. Yeah, he's from Colorado. Uh, yeah, I remember. And then the year before that, we had Mike Antico and Cam Williams. You know, come in. It's we got it. Came in too, so he was a transfer. Yeah, uh, JUCO, JUCO guy. That was pretty cool. I saw his Odessa JUCO college put up a Golden Spikes winner, like a, a banner on the wall, which I'm completely cool with. And they said, you know, home of Golden Spikes winner Ivan Melendez, and their caption was like, "Not a lot of JUCOs can say this," and that's pretty cool, man. You know, there's so many kids out there playing baseball at all levels, and just showing that you can go from JUCO to being the best amateur baseball player in America, not just college baseball player in America, is freaking awesome. So I'm cool with that. Well, I I think that's all we got for all this week. Um, 
like we'll probably we'll start getting back to weekly rotations. I know we had a couple of things going on this week that kept us from that, but we'll start. You know, with the tournament starting, baseball getting into full swing, and spring ball coming around, uh, we'll definitely get on weekly rotations. And um, yeah, that's all I got. Talk to y'all next week. And if you want to go, you know, support us at balls underscore beaver on Twitter. Uh, and interact with us. Let us know about the show and what else you want to hear about. But that's all. That's all I got. Hook them, guys.